happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the I-5 Corridors Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here, joined by Shane Hoffman. Shane, we just had probably the best weekend of the year, like 90 degrees, wasn't 100 yet. Uh, I saw you were out down in Selwood. Take me through Take me through it. How are you doing, man? Doing great. I mean, it's we, we, we've been texting about it, but it is uncanny how nice it gets here, how quickly, too. I mean, we had a what, two weekends ago, we had a pretty good weekend where it was like the first sunny weekend. And that was nice because I had just gotten that grill. I started to grill up a little bit. This time around, it was like full scent, right? It's just let's see how burned we can get by Monday. Um, you know, when watch some hoops down at River Pig in the, in the Pearl, which is a pretty good spot to actually watch games. People tend to be pretty kind of glued to the TVs there if there's a good game <laughs> on, which there wasn't when I went on Sunday because that was seven <laughs> of the Sixers game which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but yeah, then head, headed down to Selwood, did a little drive around that area, which is just, just so many beautiful neighborhoods. I mean, I, I'm in an, I'm in a nice area with a nice setup, but there are, I do get jealous driving around in these other neighborhoods as I'm sure you do at times, even though you're oh, up in a nice one yourself. Oh, a lot of the guys on, uh, in the hockey group I play with, they live down in the Selwood area. And so, you know, every weekend they're doing something down there and it's every time I'm down there, you kind of want to, buy a house down there but it's pretty it's a little a little pricier down in selwood than it right. is out here in, in st john's so if i was yeah if i was down there it would be like a a two-bedroom apartment it wouldn't be much space right but it's like th then you have to ask is that worth it i mean i also you know two weeks ago my new purchase was the grill this week you know I, i've got a bike on the way so oh take me through what are, what are you getting the the freelance so, the freelance life must be extravagant man congratulations yeah, right 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 um we'll see uh no so just got it like a, you know, nothing crazy. I found a, a pretty decent and, and trusted brand online, just like a nice gravel bike. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be doing 20 miles on the side of a road. I'm also not going to be doing crazy mountain biking. So I wanted something kind of in between. So I got one that's about, you know, 500, just kind of figured out how to grab it. And then maybe if I need a roof rack, I'll grab that. Um, but, you know, hopefully hitting some more areas like Selwood and just kind of spending days biking around this summer. You should, uh, I think... I think they still do that maybe like four of them a year, but they do. It's called like the, the Sunday parkways and like every, it might be once every other month during the summer, they close off all the roads during one in one of like the quadrants of town, like Northeast, Southeast, whatever. And they, just Oh yeah. Like I did that the, once last summer. Yeah. It's, it's a cool way to kind of learn the, learn the neighborhood and the layout yeah. and not get hit by cars. I didn't want the one I did was like right downtown. So obviously you had a lot of people frustratingly honking, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was cool. I mean, there's hundreds of people out there. It was, it the, was a great time. The bridge pedal in Sep, I think it's September is really cool too. It's when they cut off traffic to all the bridges and around the city and you can go across them and it's kind of freaky, like riding your bike across the Fremont bridge. And yeah, I bet. I don't know, man. I, as I'm getting older and I'm, I'm discovering this about myself. I kind of don't like heights. We were we oh, were in Seattle. We were in Seattle like a month ago when we were taking the we were doing like the full tourist thing, and I took the uh, elevator up in uh, the Space Needle. I'd never been in the Space Needle before, and it was just like, oh my god! And you know they have like the the clear uh, the clear um, floors that you can stand on, and you know it's, it's never like a, a confidence inducing thing when you're already a heavy guy and you're standing on like a glass floor looking below you, but. When you're talking about Seattle, you've got you've got a Mariners jersey on and you've got a Kraken hat on today. So it's it's laundry day, you know. It's right, it's, yeah. And, and uh, there's a game seven this week. So actually, actually, there's a game seven tonight, and I 
Oh, is it tonight? I thought it was tomorrow. It's tonight, isn't it? Oh, or I, or you're right. And, no, you're right. You're right. And, and, and by tonight, we kind of mean last night since this is a two days Tuesday podcast. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. It, if the Kraken lose, I'll be fine with it. You know, you get you get a t- second round game seven. You know, I think that's pretty good for a, a second year franchise. But we're not going to go deep into the hockey talk because I want Shane to to be able to actually hold his weight. So. We're going to get into a little bit of NBA playoffs. We're going to get into Shane finally saw air, so we can do our little uh, uh, traffic report preview of air. We'll talk about our thoughts on Succession and Barry, but we'll be right back after this break. All right, welcome back to the I-5 Corridor's traffic report. It's lottery day, Shane. Is is this the day where all the Blazers of Brass who have been rightfully criticized for the last three or four years all of a sudden look like geniuses? The Blazers have a 10.5% chance of landing Victor Webb and Yama. Is this, are we talking about geniuses tomorrow? Is this how, is this how it goes, Shane? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's the whole Brandon Roy thing. They're sending the guy with the good luck, but every other franchise is doing the same thing. You know, I, I'm from, I'm obviously from Michigan. So I have a lot of Pistons fans in my life and I like to kind of keep up with the Pistons and they're sending Ben Wallace, who, when he was representing them two years ago, they got the number one pick. So, Every fan base is doing the same thing this week. But if if you're looking for signs, if you're a Blazers fan, like what are the chances Ben Wallace gets the number one pick twice? I mean, you start mm. kind of like weeding out the weeds. I mean, back in, was it 2007 with Odin or was it 2008 with Odin? Seven. Yeah, 2007 with Odin, the Blazers had a 5% chance of winning that draft lottery. And they took um, the wrong guy. They took the, yeah, I wish they wouldn't have won that draft lottery. Uh, can you imagine, like, how do you think, how do you think, Katie, this is, this could be a whole nother podcast, but like, how do you think KD's career would have played out if he spent, if he started in Portland? You think he would have stuck around? No, I think it would have gone very similar to how it went. I think they would have made, uh, well, you know, the other part of that, that, that Thunder run that's on a raid is just how well Sam Presti drafted throughout that. Yeah. Run. I mean, to get Harden and to get Westbrook and to get Ibaka. Um, so I think he had similar. He would have similar have would have had similar success, if not less, but probably make some deep ish playoff runs, and then he probably bolts at some point. I don't see it being much different. And and you you think you made this joke on a podcast a week or two ago, but if if one Manyama does somehow improbably fall or I guess land with the Blazers, and they would you know probably like to keep him, uh, he'd have to have some career ending injuries, wouldn't he? It would just make sense. <laughs> you know what? We're going to be positive today. We're going to channel the the correct mojo towards the health of his. It's probably a foot, right? It's usually like a foot with like the seven it's foot always, fibers. He's just built so different. I like I. I was trying to explain it. So I have a, a really good friend who's who likes really likes football, likes basketball. He's a big hockey guy, and he was explaining the whole Bedard thing to me the other day with this generational prospect. And then he started asking me about one Mayama because I was comparing it. And he's like, well, this guy seems pretty decent, right? Like he, who, who, like you know, best player since when? I was like, well, probably LeBron. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, he can do everything, man. He's like, how tall is he? I was like, oh, he's seven foot five. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah. So, kind of generational. Uh, there's a, there's you, a you, different. You, you should you, you should go back to your hockey friend and tell him it's like it would be like if Zdeno Chara had Sidney Crosby's talent. Like he'll he'll understand that. Okay, one. I'll write that okay. down. Yeah. There's, Z-D-E. <laughs> there's there's four or five teams that I think have a good probability of landing him. And this is like, I don't usually watch the draft lottery, but not only am I going to watch tomorrow, I'm going to probably write something for you about it. 
I'm going to go to Spirit of 77, the Blazers bar. It seems like the the place to be for this. Um, do you have, I think the NBA has some preferred destinations. Do you, if it's not the Blazers? Like, where do you think? Well, I just, okay. So I should probably actually pull up the, the list of the top odds. Um, but this is like, this seems like, I mean, I mean, putting, putting him with pop might be kind of fun for like well, Alaska. That's, that's one I'm thinking of pop goes from the Admiral to Tim Duncan to Wemanyama, Right. Uh, I just, this is one of those drafts where I wonder if the NBA is like, you know what, let's just make sure he's in a big market. I have this weird inkling that it's going to be Houston because it's, it's the biggest market up at the top there. I mean, it's bigger than San Antonio. I just I don't think anyone would want to see him on the Hornets. To be quite honest, have you Pistons ever met a Houston? Have one. you have you ever met a Houston fan? Houston's a weird team in that, like, agreeably, it's a huge market. Like, I think Houston's a top five pop. It's probably like the number four most populous city in the, the U.S. Like, I understand why they would want to put that level of star there, but I've never met a. Granted, everyone in Portland kind of hates Houston. Yeah, I mean, James, I don't think James you're going to have many Houston Rockets fans out here anyway. But, like, I, I I, don't feel like that that's a, a, a team that really uh, transcends Nash. Maybe that's why they want to put him there. So it kind of changes that. Well, yeah, but, okay, you know, it's not going to be the Lakers or the Knicks. So yeah. like, those are the we, – we talk about these big markets. Like, really, it's like the Lakers, the Knicks, the Celtics. I, like, I guess the Warriors at this point. I don't know. It'd so be... – Okay, okay, okay. So if – if tomorrow you're at Spirit of 77, the lottery ball comes out, Blazers win. He's probably next year's starting center, kick Nurkic to the curb. What's the next move they make to, because they probably need to, you know, Dame's probably got three prime prime years left, right? You're saying if they do get Wamayama, what do yeah. they do after that? Yeah. Because like they, cause they, they, they've, been, they've been making everyone. Really I hopeful, mean, it, huh? Well, I mean, you know, you're the one going to the bar. Yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> uh, they need. They just need more options on the wing. I, I like. I can't believe we're sitting here saying this after they've re- repeatedly, continually cycled through all these different guys. Like, I just like it's never. Would you not trade Sharp? What's that? Would you trade if they get Wembenyama? Would you trade? Would you package Sharp in a package to get? I think that's the only way I would consider it. Is that it, you if you're keeping Wembenyama? That means Dame is on board with the fact that he could be so good so quickly that it, you you ascend to this level that you weren't at, and so then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, is Jeremy Grant going to cut it? Probably not. And you have Simons and Lillard who are really dynamic, but are also not a great defensive match back there. So I, I think you'd need more wing depth. But I don't know. There's a lot of like a, not to get back to the the subject of other teams because I know you're very hopeful today, but. I'm just looking at the list of the of the top odds teams, and I'm looking at the top one, two, three, seven right now. So that's in descending order. That's Indiana, Orlando, Portland, Charlotte, San Antonio, Houston, Detroit. Outside of Charlotte, I'd be kind of fine with him in any of those places. I mean, Indiana would be weird, but like Orlando would be awesome because they'd be really, really good, I think, at, at some point soon. And there's just a lot of interesting teams. I don't know. I, I just love the visual of uh, like a seven foot five dude walking through Indianapolis. I mean, just being in Indiana, like you know, you Wait, like you talk about like the, of the players on those teams you'd want to pair him with. Like Halliburton is perfect. You That'd watch ball. Fun. I know you know ball. Eh, eh, you know I. 
I uh, this is this is gonna be our transition into playoff talk, but I I watched just the second quarter of Boston Philly yesterday when it was still a close game, and then you just kind of see Tatum starting to get that rhythm a little bit towards the end of the second quarter. I was like, oh man, like Philly's about to get spanked, and they got whooped. Like like what? I want to like Doc Rivers so bad. He seems like a really nice coach. Like he see, like he has a lot of regular season success from reporters I've talked to who have covered him. Like he's like one of the most accommodating coaches in the NBA. But oh gosh, man! Like the amount of like three game. I mean, the 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 amount of elimination games that he's lost. Like when his team has been up. Like it's between the rap that he's getting, the rap that Harden's getting. Like they're bringing him. I mean, they're bringing. You know, Embiid's pretty much earned it himself, too. It was funny listening to him and Harden talk yesterday about how, like, they need help. And I think they hit, like, eight shots combined yesterday. They, like, it was they just... were definitely the problem. <laughs> yeah, it was just, oh, my goodness. And, like, it's, I don't... it's too hard to ignore it now with how many with how many game sevens they've lost, how many, like, three, two leads they've lost series in after that. Like, it just there's some crazy numbers I saw the other day. I don't have them. I should have pulled them up, but... It's it's a it's a pattern at this point, and it's weird because I almost like you you knew when they when they lost that game six, which I don't know if you watched much of that one, but when Tatum starts nailing threes there at the end, and miraculously saves the Celtics season, and then he comes out on fire again, it's just like you can't really blame Doc for that, and especially that third quarter you were talking about when they ballooned the lead, it's just like it's classic. This team is just out shooting us from three. Like you can, I don't know, I play pickup ball a lot these days. And we play to 11 most of the time, ones and twos, and it's win by one. And you can have a vastly less talented team and just hit a few threes, and all of a sudden you beat the better team. And that's kind of what it felt like. Not that Philly was a better team, but it just gets out of hand quick when you start hitting threes and the other team is not. Remember two weeks ago when I said Miami Heat for Eastern Conference? Yeah, I think you went back on that and said you were half joking, no? I don't. Did I? Oh, maybe you were joking about the Kraken. You, I think you were right. Yeah, yeah I think, did, was, I, think I was joking about it. Yeah. But, but, but anyways, I, I watching the, the Celtics-Philly series only reinforces my thought that I think the Heat are going to win the Eastern Conference. You think I, you're going to beat the Celtics? Yeah, because, you know, like Miami doesn't need to score 110 points. to. I think Boston needs to score a lot of points to win. They need, they need Tatum to find his rhythm and get hot and down the line. Like I, I think Miami is just a consistent team that plays some freaking just junkyard defense on teams too. Um it'll be fun, but I think whoever wins the West is gonna win that whole NBA. Like I, I think I think Denver is so much better than everybody else and and that I yet I still think the Lakers have a chance if they're completely healthy. But if it, I if can't it's, believe if it, I can't believe we're here on, you know, May May sixteenth now <laughs> and it's we're we're talking about the Lakers having a one in four, maybe better shot at winning an NBA title. Just to interject the Blazers one more time, there I think it was back in January, like the Blazers had a better record than the Lakers. I mean, like these were teams that were at least in a similar spot. And granted, it's one thing when you have like AD and LeBron coming back to your roster. But oh like, yeah, but for, one, and then one team made very shrewd moves at the trade deadline, and one team exactly. made mind-numbing moves. And and so it's one of those things where if they get Webinyama tonight, like okay, like it's okay. But I don't know if, <laughs> but it just goes to show, like 
like trying to be in like the NBA's like middle ground is just like no man's land. It's it's doldrums. Like you you anyways. The Lakers are insane. Like I was I was talking to a friend a couple days ago and it's it's crazy how deep that roster actually feels for a LeBron team that had nothing like six months ago. Like the fact that they just had the way more that, guys in the Warriors. Right. The fact that like he can be on the floor and the ball can probably go like three or four possessions without him even like without it even going through him between it, whether it's like you know, D'Angelo Russell or Reeves or to AD or Schroeder. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. And, and then just to like watch LeBron, like I, the, the best tweet I saw this weekend was LeBron still all has all of his moves, but now he has like a timed like recharge between each one of them. <laughs> that's like a video perfect. Game. Yeah. That's exactly how I described to someone. Cause like, yeah, it doesn't look like any makes, less athletic, honestly. No, dude. The the thing I like watching him do the most is when it's just a fast break and he just hits that extra gear, just to, whether it's to to go for a block or if it's the other way around to like try to get into the play for like an alley oop or just become the other option. He still has this like it looks like you're running full speed and then hits that extra gear where it's like oh he's my been the God. most athletic like, player on the court a few times still, and he he's just been really the, the way he's he's just it. Like almost elegant the way he just conserves energy. Like it doesn't like he just seems so smart about it. I don't know. And and it, they've they've made me look foolish. I was really out on this Lakers team for so long. It's it's just so funny though. Like late in games when I mean LeBron is a, a like you know his shot isn't what it once was just because his legs aren't what they once were. But when he when he just decides like I'm just gonna like back back to the defender and like bully ball and like. There's no path to the rim, but I'm just going there anyways. It's so funny to watch. It's just like it's just like brutish basketball, and he's so good at it. Yeah. Tell me what you've seen from Denver because you said you think they're the best team. I completely agree. I've actually thought that for a while, and I'm invested in them winning a, a title now. I'll leave it's, it at it's that. Just- it's just so crazy how like the ball always like on ev- almost like the opposite of what LeBron is right now. It's just like the on every possession the ball is routing through Jokic somewhere, and like you don't even have to just like dump it down into the post for him. Like he can be up at the top. He's the best passer in the league. Like him and Le- you know him and LeBron are probably the two best when it comes to like vision and and seeing plays develop. And but there's just some passes that Jokic makes where it's insane. But then you leave him open for three, and it seems like he hits it every damn time he takes it. He will. Um, the thing is, he actually didn't shoot amazing from three this year, but I think in the playoffs so far, he's like 48%. He just, every time it doesn't look like it's like how, like it, it's such a slow release that the defender will get right up in his grill and it's right over him, just pop three. And it's just, it's really fun to watch. They get the best shots of everybody in the league. That, I mean, that, that Sun series, as far as lopsided as it ended up being, some of the shot making in that series was unbelievable. How, uh, excuse me one sec. Oh, how, Let's go. Let's go. Big picture. Um, let's get a headline out of this. How did the this round of the playoffs affect the LeBron versus KD legacy? Well, it definitely didn't help KD. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. I don't think KD was in a great position to succeed, anyways. Because I mean, KD's obviously still a better scorer than LeBron is right now. I don't think it's particularly close. But KD was completely worn down. He was he was playing forty plus minutes in every game often 44 or more. They didn't have any time to gel. I can't believe they can to the coach. I, I get it. Like there's so much movement now in the NBA that you want new voices as, as frequently as possible, but 
they had no chance to like they didn't have enough time because Katie even got hurt again once he got there. I I don't know. They were just set up to 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 fail in a lot of ways. And then you like if, if you're still figuring things out, there's no team I'd rather less play or bad phrasing there, but you know what I mean. Yeah. The Nuggets because they will just pick you apart. Dude, watch watching the Suns looked like when I play 2K. Like you pick you pick like the team that has like the best like individual players, and then you just it's eighty percent of the shots come from them. It's just one on one battles where you're either just like trying to take fadeaways or you're just trying to like turbo to like the hole. But like there was just like there was no offensive rhythm, and like I, especially with because like Devin Booker is incredible, Kevin Durant's incredible, but those two need to play with each other to kind of figure out how to play with each other because they're. I, I don't think teams work when it's just like one guy goes and then the next guy goes. Like I yeah, think and they, they got to they got to a point in some of <laughs> teams where I thought they were they looked cohesive in a way, but Durant actually wasn't great in that series statistically. Devin Booker has been so so good, um, but yeah, they had to figure it out. I mean, and then it, it doesn't help too that they're trying to figure it out, and then Paul goes down, and then Aiton, for as much as people have given him crap, doesn't play that last game. Not that it would have mattered, but you know. So yeah, I, I, that being said, though, I don't want to take away from take away any shine from the nuggets because i think they're they're so expertly constructed like the way that they assembled in the offseason and granted there's no player that's easier to build around than Jokic right now and i truly believe that um the way that they constructed this team makes so much sense their top seven is well i was gonna say the best remaining although the celtics top seven is mighty good too but they just makes a lot of sense we've seen a lot of these playoff teams now um where it, a lot of these teams that are actually not in the playoffs anymore where they have like really good stars and like a one or two role players. And it's like, and then you're putting like, Oh, you got George Niang out there for 20 minutes a game. Like, what are we doing here? Um, You got anything left in the NBA chamber before we uh, move on? Um, I guess I'll give you my, my picks. Uh, I think I, I, it'd be hard to see both of these not going to seven, but, I, I kind of think like Nuggets in six. And hmm, I should have thought about this before I got into this. I think Nuggets in six. I just think AD would have to be so good every night in that series. And like Jokic is just going to be on his head every night. Um, and he's just a bigger body. Like he, he didn't have to worry about big bodies against, you know, Kevon Looney and Michael Green, whatever. The the Celtics one is the one I cannot figure out for life of me. They're so much better than the Heat, and yet it might not matter. I think I'll take the Celtics in six, but if it goes to seven again like it did last year, I wouldn't be surprised. If it goes seven, I like the Celtics in seven. Like I don't know. I, I, I think Tatum is the best player in the East, but he's very streaky. But it does seem like he kind of turns it on when he absolutely needs to. Hmm. Um, I mean, what did he have, 52 yesterday? 51, yeah. 51. Wait, you, you, best player left in the East or best player, period? I mean, and I guess it, I guess it doesn't matter. You, you, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, you probably should say Embiid, but like, look what well, look what just, look what just happened. Yeah. Oh yeah, Giannis. Well, <laughs> poor kid. Um, it's, yeah. I, so I, forgot, I, I, for, I forgot about the guys who are in Cancun right now. Yeah, um, right. Cancun on three. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then uh, it's what we watched. All right, before getting into our thoughts on Air, Barry, and Succession, just a quick couple items. Uh, the Ducks picked up another wide receiver transfer through the portal, Gary Bryant Jr., who 
Like if this would have been a year ago, people would have considered to be one of the top receivers in the Pac-12. Just didn't quite fit in in, in Lincoln Riley's system, so he redshirted last year. And now the Ducks have like it seems uh, by by numbers about 104 receivers on the roster right now. <laughs> so um, I, I I think um, Oregon's offense is going to be really good. Just as long as that offensive line can you know be a fraction as good as it was last year when I think Nick's was sacked like twice. He's going to put up some gaudy numbers between Troy Franklin, Tez Johnson, Treshawn Holden, Chris Hudson. The Ducks are going to score score some points, Shane. I know, I know it was a little too sunny this weekend for you to really give give two cares about the transfer portal. That's why I did most of my research this morning. Oh, I, I spent hours digging but, Gary Bryant's resume. I did give you a homework assignment, and I think you completed it. I Air is now on Amazon Prime, which seems really quick for Very a pr- pretty well-reviewed movie. I, I'm not quite sure how it did. Uh, I saw the movie in theaters. You watched it over the weekend. What'd you think? I liked it. I, I you know, I just a feel good movie. I thought it was well done. And I, there's like, there, I, and there's other stuff I have to just have to say, but like, that's kind of just the gist. Like, I just thought it was a well-made movie and it was a feel good movie. There's not that many of those these days that aren't kind of, um, they don't, they don't have maybe drop off in the other categories, if that makes sense. There, there's there's just cer- certain movies now where like the writing is really tight like the story is just like kind of juicy enough to like keep you going th- I, I don't know I, I i just i thought it moved really quickly maybe outside like the first like 10 minutes or so and it was really enjoyable i still don't know if i if ben affleck sells phil knight for me just that because was, ben because ben yeah. affleck's a big dude and i mean phil knight's not like diminutive or anything but he's not a big dude he was a runner <laughs> so but also he's not the main character of the movie and so like i i was i was over the moon to have like a you know a ben affleck matt damon buddy cop sort of thing and you know that's what yeah you got. i thought i thought damon was great um yeah chris, chris ducker was good too i liked i liked it that was like a fun surprise to see yeah him in there. yeah um yeah you're right about affleck it did kind of take me out of it for a for for a minute there a few scenes the whole thing reminded me so much of winning time the lakers show on hbo and what it reminded me of um yes the filming and the acting and just kind of the overall kind of character of of the story but was was there's this story where you're like you have so many questions about like how much of this is true and how much of this is like kind of somewhat true and yet you don't really want to look it up and break the immersion kind of ignorance is bliss Right, no, a hundred percent. Because I've heard plenty of stuff since of of these people are pissed off about this, or these people think that this was embellished, or this or that, and like I'm I'm sure that's all the case. But at the same time, like before this movie came out, like I wasn't really clamoring to know like the behind the scenes story of. So like, I'm fine with keeping it there. Like I I, enjoy, I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Uh, the, the one my, question I had, oh, it was just real quick, is just. I, I get that it's probably really hard to cast an MJ, but it was like really weird not even seeing the actor's face. Well, I know that's I not have, about, him, but well, but, but it, it is and isn't. But on the same side, we just you know did two minutes on how like it was weird seeing Ben Affleck as Phil Knight. Like Michael Jordan's like the most popular face in the world, right? Which I like, get. That, it was just weird yeah. that you like had him in the room and he was like. It was like so purposeful, like he wouldn't even like turn his head towards the. It was just, it was very weird to me. 
Yeah, because, like, you kept, like, wanting, especially at, like, the very end where he gets on the phone with him, like, you think you're going to. Or just more words than, hey. hey. He said, like, hey, or what's up or something. And then then in the, it, like, cut the movie. <laughs> that was a little weird to me. But I get it. Like, like that's, that's the one thing, like, uh, winning time on HBO, like, they, I don't know where they found those guys, but casting Magic and Kareem and, like, having them be tall Charisma or charismatic you know? and and that can, they can hoop too i don't know if you've watched any of like they, the behind the scenes stuff on there and yeah. and they they look similar enough uh it's not probably easy to cast cast a young mj um so i guess they they did the best with what they could i had a i had a friend say that it was a it was a slow movie and they, they maybe it would have been cool to see more like highlights at the end or something like i get it but i i didn't like and I'm someone who I can get bored of a movie really quickly if the pacing isn't right, but I thought it moved fine and I, I enjoyed watching it. My my favorite thing was like any like B-roll. I mean, when they would show like the headquarters and it looked like it's like in this Beaverton's like a forest that was just like right at the outskirts of Mount Hood. It's yeah, like, oh, that looks, it was cool. Looks... Now that it's nice here, it was cool to see Portland and, and Beaverton in those areas portrayed in a movie because it looked beautiful and it, it is right now. I'm looking, looking back in my backyard. I mean, it's gorgeous here so that was that was cool and yeah outside of, like there's, there's plenty of things we could nitpick but I, I did think it was an enjoyable movie and you know who knows maybe, maybe i'd watch it again sometime I, I i will say phil knight's got a good thing going right now in that the two biggest uh his his autobiography shoe dog which was ghost written obviously i mean phil helped <laughs> um and now this are both thoroughly entertaining i don't know if you've read shoe dog but it's actually a really good read even if you're not I've had, like, yeah i've read part of it yeah. yeah um so yeah i mean go Success. watch it it's yeah it's, it's, it's free if you have it um how uncomfortable was succession for you last night because I've, I've seen a lot i've seen a lot of like that was like an excruciating hour of television but i yeah i kind of really liked it <laughs> oh yeah i mean i wouldn't go so far to say it was excruciating i think it was the I mean, they've been playing with this kind of idea and, and kind of stepping up to this kind of proverbial line, like in every episode with some stuff. But when it's the election, I think it felt more disgusting than ever. And I ate it all up. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was tough to watch at times because of how real it felt. I was, I was going to say of, of just like how plausible this, like you could see we that. Just, freaking we just act, dealt yeah. with some stuff like this. Yeah. And, and the things that we haven't dealt with yet could happen in two years easily. And so when you've got like a guy like Mencken, giving a just a crazy speech that seems so real and then the the broadcasters are like you know spin doctors essentially and then they're like well, this is a, a very swift ascent for a candidate who just six months ago started his and it's like yeah like, i can i can see it i uh the one thing i noted like in the episode while i was watching it um i think i told my wife was like this is the first time i've hated all four of the siblings like they they made like a very like there was no redeeming qualities about any of them in in the episode yesterday. Like they're all lying to each other. Like Kendall's basically like, or uh, Roman's basically like scuzzying up to like the fascist. Like Kendall has no backbone. Shiv is trying to play everybody. And then, uh, um, shoot, what's the older brother's name? Um, the one who's running for yeah. Anyways, like uh, oh yeah, you know Connor's just trying to like measle or you know squeeze any little bit of prestige he can out of you know i spent a hundred million dollars on this like i should i should get something you're right uh, there there was not many redeeming parts of any of their their archness i found shiv just deplorable in this episode she yeah like that was i think she was like her performance in this episode 
again, great acting was just like, I hadn't been so mad at a character all season when there's so many opportunities to be like, I wanted to throw something like it. I just, I couldn't stand her in this episode of what she was doing, having her react in that way when she got kind of discovered of what she had been doing. Cause even, even Roman, like it's disgusting, but you're like, not really that surprised about what he was doing. Was right. Of, he had a very well, distinct goal the whole time. Well, well the, the thing is, is like, they've, they've kind of, either portrayed or at least the Shiv character portrays herself as still having like this kind of morality to her or like, I'm, I'm better than the fray of my, you know, the, the idiot brothers who are just chasing their tails. But like, you just kind of realize like all these kids are dumb and and inept and selfish and like their, their dad was right for like, you know, I I think the kids are able to kind of reason away when they see clips of him, him being like my idiot kids. But like, I don't, really think he was joking like half the time no. tom had a lot of big moments in this episode <laughs> uh him and greg again i mean it's hard not to laugh at some of the stuff they do and, and the scene where the darwin guy gets like the wasabi in his eyes and they're like pouring like the lemon Lacroix <laughs> over him like, i tasted it. it's not even that lemony yeah that was pretty it's, funny that's so funny too because yet again they still are doing things to as dumb as he is to make Greg seem more confident, competent. Like he gets, he gets in with, um, Madsen. Um, the other thing that I noted too, is just like when Tom's like, I need some drugs. Like, I feel like Greg, like four seasons ago would have been like, where the hell do I get? Where, oh, yeah, where the hell? That was, that was, and now, and now, and now, yeah. yeah. And then now Greg just gets shit done. <laughs> well, they, they, they go behind the board. We're just walking to the whiteboard. We're looking at the whiteboard. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Did you, did you pretend to stiff cocaine? Yeah. I thought that was, that was a funny sequence. Um, and then even, yeah, to your point, even when Greg, he's told to go tell the control room essentially that they're going to call it. He's like, I could just not, I could just stand here. Like what's a few minutes or something like that. Right. I mean, yeah. he, he's, he's also gotten really good at kind of doing the, like what's in it for me part. Well, even, he does it because he has that whole conversation with Shiv and then he just kind of yeah. firebombs her at the end there by telling the, the, the looks that, um, Shiv and, and, um, oh my Kendall, God. Kendall were exchanging between the, the glass as he's finding out that she's essentially full of shit was great. I was, I, I was wondering if, cause they held that kind of shot for so long. I was wondering if he was actually going to come back into the office and they were going to have that confrontation or if he was like heading off somewhere else and they were going to yeah. leave you wondering. No, that was really well done. I thought like if, if, if cause I was like, Oh, when it, like maybe he doesn't actually, you know, maybe he didn't find out there, but I, they right. went straight, they went straight forward and that was, quite the scene between this kind of the the shakedown between Shiv and Kendall there. What did you think of the way that Shiv um, announces her pregnancy to Tom? I thought it was very succession the way that it happened there. And he's I, like, oh, is that a new strategy of yours? Yeah, I thought that was, oh man. I I mean, like I, I kind of figured that was how that was going to happen. I mean, with the amount of arguments that they've had and how brutal they've been the last like three episodes or so. And for him to be just completely kind of dumbstruck and not know if, if if this was like a tactic or if like you're actually like telling me that like I thought that played perfect like this this is a guy who for like three seasons like all he really wanted was to like have a family with her and then now he's like he get, broken like, him she completely yeah. broke him to the point where he's just I mean obviously he's sleep deprived and on cocaine and stress but he's just <laughs> he's just completely not there and 
it was the whole episode was just stressful. And I think Tom, Tom's character obviously portrayed that the best of how much was going on. And yeah, the whole thing was disgusting of how much, cause you know, it's a little bit overdone, but you start to think like, that's like a lot of these individual people and, and, and b- businesses and, and conglomerates have all this power to swing these massive elections. It's just kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Like when Romans, like none of this shit matters. And then Shiv's like, that's the only thing that Shiv did that, that episode that I liked where she's like, yeah, like shit has consequences. Like things yeah. do matter. And, but it's really easy to imagine that like, Especially in today's world, there's so many people in those positions where it's just like, what if, what if the one person holding this thing together just decides that, like, whoop, like, who cares? Well, and then next week is going to be the funeral. <clears throat> Are there two episodes left? Is that right? Yeah, two episodes left. Um, so in all, in all these big series, it's always like the penultimate episode is the one that, like, most things go down. So It just felt like they packed so much into the season. I mean, I asked you two weeks ago, I think, if this was – this had a chance to be your favorite season. Have you have you swayed at all in that? I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. Again, so much has happened in these episodes, and it, and it's and it's a bit of a mind thing too, because I think each one of these episodes portrays a day. Like, in, it does. like it does. I, I think yeah. like only like a week has passed since since Logan's died. So yeah, so naturally um, more stuff is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So I'd I'd like to be able to go back and rewatch, but I mean, like I'm as I, I feel like there were. In some of the other seasons, maybe it took me like an episode or two to really kind of get into the flow of the season, and and to, it, you know, it never helped too that there seemed to be like two years of lay layoff between each season. But, did you watch all the seasons as they came out, or did yeah. you be able to? Because see, and that's why I think maybe we have different perspectives too. Because the first two, really first two and a half, I was able to watch. You know, whenever I wanted, I could binge them. I, not that I was sitting there watching four episodes a night, but I could watch them, you know, whenever I wanted. And so I'm wondering if I just a lot more things just kind of clumped together because I was watching them more frequently. I, I remember it being really interesting the first season with it coming out week to week, and you don't have like the the back catalog of episodes to go through of like trying to figure out like is this Ke- is this Kendall guy smart or is he just making dumb mistakes? And then obviously, throughout the four seasons, you realize that all these kids are idiots. But uh, it was it was an interesting watch, like those first three weeks of like, who are all these characters? And is this show supposed to be serious? Is, is it supposed to be funny? Is it a drama? And mm-hmm. it's kind of all of those things. Uh, That's a good. Well, I was going to say, going right off that, I'm I'm guessing you're done with Succession talk. We can move to Barry. Yeah, yeah. So worse. So last night was or two nights ago was was six for Barry. So there's I think there's two more episodes of that as well. Um, and I had forgotten actually because I forgot it started two weeks after succession. So for some reason in my head, I thought last episode was going to be the finale. Um, I think there's two more. It's gone in a very different direction and it's gone off the rails a little bit. And I don't say this in way, I don't really know the ins and outs of directing and producing and acting and all these different things. And I, it all seems like it's well done still, but it's been harder and harder for me to watch it week to week because I feel like it's lost that really nice balance it had of drama and comedy that really just sucked me in those first few seasons. And it hasn't been the same kind of show this, this time around. I can totally understand that point, especially because I think it was like Barry season two that 
it became more mainstream and that's when like noho hank became a more prominent character and just how funny he could be mm-hmm. and just kind of like some of the absurd i mean like the whole premise and issue is kind of absurd it's a serial killer who or i mean a hitman who's just joining an acting class and like that in itself produced a lot of comedy within it and i actually do think that like they took like the absurdity of that plot and they're like, let's like try to write out like the real things that could happen from here. And because of that, it's turned now into like kind of like a psychological thriller, like inside the mind of a deranged, like whatever. And like, I, I still think it's incredibly interesting. I really like it like week to week still, but it's, it's a much, much, much different watch than it was when I like, I really started to like the show. Like, I, I think, I think Bill Hader is incredible, but I think they're just kind of like each week, like, I don't think there's like a whole lot of care in terms of like the overall story arc. It's just more of like what, what would happen next if, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, and it seems like we're set up for at least an entertaining next two episodes, the way that they ended this one um, with uh, the detectives uh, right. father kind of uh, catching Barry in the act at the end there. Um, the, the scenes with, with, um, I guess now his wife, like is I guess they're married, they have right. a kid. Just like so hard to watch. I mean, she pours like a bunch of alcohol in the kid's drink, puts him to sleep, and then she's just so out of it that she doesn't know there's someone in her house. And then Dude, that I, I, had to, I had to I had to like cover my eyes during that sequence as like like the masked guy was like behind her. Yeah, it was it was just very uncomfortable. And that's that's what you had texted me two weeks ago when they did like the big flash, the first flash forward episode, you were just kind of like, I don't know how to feel about this. Like that was, that was a hard watch and it is a hard watch. Like it's, it's, I don't think Barry's all all that fun of a watch anymore, but it is, I I do have enough invested kind of in the characters to see where it ends up. And I I think the performances are incredible too. Um, But it's just kind of like, I, I have no idea where this thing's freaking going. No, and I mean, that's fine. And like, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like it goes back to the thing with Air where it's like all these shows seem to just trend darker and darker if they, even if they don't always start that way, that yeah. like every once in a while, like kind of a feel-good thing is probably not the end of the world. <sighs> well, what's coming up this week? In terms of life? Yeah, yeah. What do you, what, what do you got going, Shane? This is, these are the only times that we ever actually talk, so. You know, yeah, is, well, and, and, uh, yeah, nice. fair enough. Um yeah, I, uh, I'm heading out of town in a week, so that'll be nice. Got vacation coming up because okay. I've just been working so hard over here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I'll joke aside, I'm still still grinding away, still on pace for a good month this month. Um, yeah, I, I I finally did. I did go to Nong's. I enjoyed that. Um, did Did you just get the chicken? Yeah, I got the the chicken. It's uh, interesting, right? Like it's it's just it's very simple. It's the good. sauce was really good. The, whatever the that so, is, the, so, the sauce is the best part. I, I also like. I like. I like getting the. Um, they have a pork dish too. That's pretty. Okay. Pretty tasty. Yeah, yeah I, I, a lot of stuff looked good, and I was just like, I feel like I have to get this because this is what I've heard about. Um, yeah, you know, I think you said it last week because I was talking about also going to Eam, which I think I'll actually do this week. You're like, you'll enjoy Eam more, but you'll, res- you'll, I guess you'll respect nongs or something like that yeah i mean i i understood the the hype and I, I you know we'll see how many times i would go back there but it was good also on a completely different note i did go to i don't know if you've been to fire on the mountain that wings place have i been to fire on the mountain okay is that a, is that a favorite of yours yeah no it's it's uh that's probably been my favorite spot and 
I have some thoughts on Fire on the Mountain, but I, I've probably been to Fire on the Mountain more than any place that I've been in Portland. Interesting. So yeah, I went there. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I'm a, I'm a big lemon pepper guy, and they don't have that. But also, like a lot of places don't have that these days, and like place like they'll they'll ha they'll have it they'll have it on special maybe like every other month. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So, I got like the cilantro lime though, and that was really tasty. Um, yeah, there's some heat on there's some, there's some there's some heat on those cilantro lime ones. It's, yeah, it was it was kind of the perfect amount for me. I I, I enjoyed those. Um, I would say I'm, I'm a wing guy. I'm not the biggest wing guy, but it was it was it was tasty. Did you eat anywhere good this week? Um, not this weekend, but I am pretty stoked that uh, this week on Lombard, I live up in St. John's. Uh, a Mike's Drive-in is opening. Uh, there's two. There's one in Beaverton. I think there's one in Selwood. It's just kind of your classic quick burger joint that's a mm. little bit upscale. Um, maybe in between. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a localized in and out sort of thing. But I still have um, yet to uh, make burgers on the grill. As crazy as that sounds, I mean, I think it's supposed to be like eighty-five degrees for the next two weeks. Man, you got some time. Yeah. You know, if uh, if you want somebody to come review them for a website, um, you can make me some some hamburgers. That's fine. I actually made pretty good burgers last week. It did look store. good. Got a fair amount of tomatoes. We did some BLTs too. Mm. It, was, uh, it was good good usage of the tomato and uh, uh, lettuce combination. So, all right. Well, we've probably lost everybody to this point. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Corridor's Traffic Report. If Wembenyama comes to the Blazers, we'll probably be talking to you again at some point later this week. Um, but if not, regardless, Shane's going to have a story up on the Corridor Wednesday morning um, looking at what happened from draft night. So, or not draft night, but lottery night. So, peace. Wait, do you want to do two minutes on Brownie? You're listening to the I-5 Corridor.